what we're about to do. Verse 5 says this, Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of men. And so come and hear all of you who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. That is something that we choose to do in an extended way the first Sunday or the Sunday that falls closest to the new year by offering uh, at, at least two people the opportunity to give a, an extended testimony of just that. Come and hear what the Lord has done for my soul. Uh, maybe you've been thinking about the past year and looking back. Uh, this is a way for us to look back in praise towards the Lord over what he's done over the past year, but also to look forward in hope by being reminded of the power of God. And sometimes that can very powerfully come uh, by hearing from people who uh, we've invited to share. And so I'm, I'm going to invite uh, John Deyoun is going to come first. So John, come on up. Um, he will start. And then Vanessa will follow John. Um, and I'll let John introduce himself and give a little bit of a, a, a testimony of offering thanks to the Lord of what God has done and looking forward with hope, what he will do. Thank you, Pastor Todd. <clears throat> so, good morning. Uh, my name is John Dune. I'm married to Denise Chow, and um, our children are Sophie and Jacob. And uh, thanks for bearing with me this morning, getting my voice back after three weeks. So, thank you. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to stand here before you to share about how good God is and what he has done this year for us. Um, so my testimony will, will focus, you know, the, the, I hope to focus on God's faithfulness specifically in this past year, but many of you know, you know the journey to here you know, often involves time spent in the wilderness um, in difficult and painful times. The time that God brought us through to learn and in my case, to learn some lessons from mistakes that played me throughout all my life stages up to a few years ago. And these mistakes had to happen the way they did, uh, with moments of insight here and there, but still making them again until one day everything came together and I had the realization that I am a sinner against God. That no matter how capable I am, how... Um, Ingenious and able to solve so many problems, um, able to plan my life out as I think it should go, no matter how smart I thought I was. At the center of it all is that I'm a sinner and hopelessly cruel inside. And that is where my abundant learning and my common sense that I've honed through years of experience and the thought of, oh, you know, I, I'm good, you know, what has led me to. And in that moment, and we hear God's voice ask us, follow me. We can continue walking our way, trusting our own common sense, trusting in our own abilities, and going down that dark path that leads to fear and anxiety and anguish. We can choose to turn back on God. We can say, yes. Yes, and put our life into God's hands and trust God and all his promises. And so God gives us what we need to come to a point where we come to the end of ourselves, to the end of our self-sufficiency. And Oswald Chambers' uh, devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, it was, um, it was given to me by a good friend at a time that was very much needed. 
and has been so important to me during these past three years. And there's a brother here who reads it daily also, and we share about it with each other. So Oswald Chambers writes so much better than my words could ever express. And here he is talking about Peter following Jesus when Jesus first called him and then following Jesus after denying him. Between these two times, Peter denied Jesus with oaths and curses. But then he came completely to the end of himself and all of his self-sufficiency. There was no part of himself he would ever rely on again. In this state of destitution, he was finally ready to receive all that the risen Lord had for him. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. No matter what changes God has performed in you, never rely on them. Build only on a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and on the Spirit he gives. But to get to this point, there is God's word, him telling us about who he is personally to us, revealing himself, giving us his promises, telling us about how good he is through examples in the Bible. For me, it was Abraham. But it is all the people in the Bible, how we see God's promise work for each of them. And so... For me, it was seeing Abraham's walk, how he listened to God and believed God when God told him to get up and go. But then how he still trusted in his, himself, his own understanding, when he feared for his life. And he lied about his wife, Sarah. And then God tested him again, the exact same way. And again, he failed in the same exact way. And then they didn't know how God would keep his promises of a child. So they did it their own way. And he had Ishmael with Hagar. And much like my life, there were many mistakes and repetitions and escalations in severity. But then Abraham finally understood. He understood who God is and his promises are good. And that if only he trusted in him, everything. And so Abraham had no more non-negotiables with God. And he learned that about himself when God again tested him. And this time he was willing to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice, trusting in God. He gave up what made sense to do that which did not make sense. And his last days were in peace, as God promised him. And I learned this from Abraham during the darkest time in my life. When we trust in God, we have peace because we are in the will of the sovereign Lord who made the universe and who loves us so much and he will not lose us. We know that because he sent Jesus to die for us. He's good to his promise. And um, also from Oswald Chambers, God does not tell you what he's going to do. He reveals, reveals to you who he is. Do you believe in a miracle-working God? Will you go out in complete surrender to him until you are not surprised one iota by anything he does? Believe God is always the God you know him to be when you are nearest to him then think how unnecessary and disrespectful worry is. Let the attitude of your life be a continual willingness to go out in dependence upon God, and your life will have a sacred and inexpressible charm about it that is very satisfying to Jesus. You must learn to go out through your convictions, creeds, or experiences until you come to the point in your faith where there is nothing between yourself and God. So seeing God's promise, seeing who he is, for me became real when the Spirit opened up my mind to understand God's Word. And it was in Bible Study Fellowship, which I started in 2017 at the invitation of my wife. And it was in the study of Romans. 
And the Spirit revealed the word to me in a way that I understood that it applies directly to me. It wasn't a list of good things I need to do to, you know, by my works. It's God's truth he has given to me in this universe that he made. But there's something else from BSF that I received, and it was fellowship with other men who believe God's word. They would give up their time and their busyness, that they would spend time in the word, studying their word, answering questions, and apply it to their own lives, listening to teaching on the word, and share and discuss about what God is teaching and doing in their lives with each other and praying together. So this was fellowship. This was walking together, filling each other up with God, telling each other about God and pointing each other to him. Uh, But each summer, ESF ends for a bit. And I always had a heartache because all that fellowship and that weekly prayer, the brotherhood and the word through the week comes to an end for a couple months. And how can you stop fellowship like that? Uh, But ESF is not church, and they explicitly say that. But this summer, this summer, my heart didn't hurt this way. Because in hope is church that we've never had before. We had first come to Hope Church for service in August last year and listened to Alex Cravens give the message that day. And we joined Hope Church as covenant members in November last year. So this year has been marked by being part of our family here at Hope. I think we all understand what a gift that Hope Christian Church is. I've heard from many of you your own testimonies about the biblical teaching about our elders, about the fellowship with each other that is so different from other experiences. And so for me too, church was not like this before. I've told my family here as we walk out after service, I don't want church to end. Can't wait to come back in through those doors. And we know it's not the building. You know, it's the feeling we get when we come here among each other. Um, there's acceptance. There's openness. Um, there is his kingdom on earth that is from how we treat each other through the Spirit's nudging and letting us know about God's plan for us. And so being here at Hope, I've had the opportunity to experience um, fellowship like what I look for, you know, from the, the, the Church of Acts. And so Acts chapter 2, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions, belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. And so God's faithfulness led us here to grow together with brothers and sisters. So I called myself a Christian most of my life. But you wouldn't know it if you knew me. I was an excellent Sunday Christian. Growing up in church where children were taught to be a good Christian, you needed to listen to your parents, to do well in school, to play an instrument, and everything was works-based. But um, as a sophomore, in sophomore year in high school, we had a youth pastor, uh, Matt Davidson, who came to be a youth pastor. Um, He was from uh, Gordon-Conwell Seminary, and I learned about who Jesus was. 
But then my elementary understanding of Jesus was not then added onto. It wasn't filled up. and It wasn't flowing over. Like, what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and understand God's word fully? I did not have a dad for very long. Um, he died when I was 10, and my mom was a restaurant manager. And restaurant hours can be difficult for family life. Um, and so there were no godly people who took me under their wing to increase my understanding of what this was all about. And so with the understanding of God's word, having tasted fellowship through BSF and being nurtured in the knowledge of God, I sought fellowship. So this past summer, I was welcomed by a couple brothers to join them in prayer and accountability on Saturday mornings, and it was here at Hope. Everyone in the group had at one time or another been part of Hope, but were called away for a season. Uh, but even then, there was a working of the Spirit in each of these men for godly fellowship. And, church, and um, Hope Church is open for us to meet. And also, through Sunday school class that started when we first started attending Hope, it was led by Pastor Todd and Elisa and Mike and Jen Costa. It was about marriage for newly married and engaged couples. Now, we had been married for quite a few years since then, but we were still welcome to the class. And I got to meet these young men and women who are light years ahead of where I was in their walk with God when I was at their age. And we were so open in that class because when believers get together and the spirit of grace and truth, it gives us the ability to be open and vulnerable with each other. And I learned to learned about these other young men who had lost their dad early also, but what men of God they are, such a young age. I want to be part of these families that walk with God like this. And from this class, something else also happened. Uh, from talking with Mike <clears throat> here about the prayer group that he has been with for years with other men, and it was also held on Saturday mornings. And so you see that there's a common thread, you know, prayer, among believers, who is something that is so important, um, that walk with God and who encourage and hold up each other. And so Mike talked about this, this man who, in his prayer group on Saturdays, who had a call to learn about God's plan for men. And he had leaned into it and sought God in learning about this. And through that process, I mean, there are missteps, um, but if we seek God truly, he is a light on our path, and he keeps us on it. But then we, we share those mistakes with each other and actually become learning for, for each other. But anyway, a few months later, I was here in the lobby at Hope, and I meet this man, and we start talking, and it turned out he was this man that we were talking about, and it blew my mind. He just came, you know, they, they're here at Hope. And so they're here at Hope now. And, um, and then he ran with this calling, this God's calling that he had, and he formed a fireside meeting on Sunday evenings for men to share and pray, um, not just with men here, um, but other men also as well. And um, so you know, I, I realized I don't need mentors just when I was a, a kid or as a teenager. I don't need mentors and fellowship just then. But even now, as an older man, as a husband, as a father, whether we are single or, or married, we need people who walk their lives with God and we need to learn from them and learn their struggles and their trials and how God leads them through, how God is faithful and how God teaches, teaches them 
these, through these lessons. But to do this, we have to listen to the Spirit's calling and then go out of our comfort zone. Be willing to add on to our responsibilities so it can be uncomfortable. It, it is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense to our worldly self. You know? So you know, when we see someone in need, or hurting, or someone new to the faith, young or old, you know, seeking to know more about living for God, we can step into that void as Jesus stepped into the void for all those who are in need. And for those who are, who are married, there is the need to love each other as Christ does and to learn to appreciate our differences with God's grace. And so there's another thing that I've been so thankful to God for for this year. There's a class on marriage that is going on now on Sunday mornings, which is kind of a continuation of that previous class for newly together couples. Um, this is led by uh, Mike and Jen Costa and David and Charlene E. Um, but whether we're newly together or together for many years, God still uses our spouses to grow us towards him, to sanctify us. So my wife likes to remind me of the example of the triangle. We are the two corners of the base, and as we walk towards God individually, we grow closer to each other. And that is what being in close community means as spouses or as family you know, connected through blood or as family connected through the Spirit. As we walk towards God, we grow closer to each other. So, and I am also grateful for our life group now and the life groups we have been part of this past year. We have experienced openness, vulnerability, sharing, and love for each other. In these close groups, we get to even more closely live like the believers in the Church of Acts. So our, here, our year has been marked by being part of the family here at Hope. Walking together with you, learning to abide in Christ together, and then going out and then living for God out there. And um, so I'd like to conclude with Jesus' words, the answer to that question of what is the most important commandment? Jesus said this, and, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. Thank you. Would you, would you just pray with me? Uh, Father, we just want to say thank you for all that you have done in John's life and Denise's life. And thank you for being a father to him. Thank you for guiding him and directing his steps. Lord, let every person in this room know the kind of fellowship that comes through Christ, uh, as John has described. And Lord, I pray for open eyes and ears Everyone who needs a living relationship with Jesus, because he's right. We, many of us can go to church, we attend a church, but do we know you in the depths of our soul? Have we been transformed by your Holy Spirit? And Lord, I pray for those listening who have not yet experienced that. Please let everyone in this room know the difference between attending a church and being connected to Christ through your Holy Spirit. And I pray your grace and peace upon John and his family. In Christ Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, John. Yes. Vanessa will come and share. Vanessa and her husband, Anderson, have been attending for three or four years or five years now. How long? Who knows? Five. Eighteen. All right. Tried to print, but it did not let me. All right. The big room. Okay. <laughs> Um, hi everyone, my name is Vanessa, um, I'm my husband Anderson, and I, we've been coming here since 2018, um, and it has been a blessing seeing God at work here. Um, I am thankful for every single one of you, um, for your wisdoms, your prayers, your blessings. Um, I am grateful, humble, and nervous uh, to be sharing my testimony with you all today. Looking back this past year, one of the main lessons that I've experienced is that there is power in prayer. To better help you understand what has happened this past year, I just have to take you back a few years. Um, so in 2019, uh, I just randomly started to get swelled up, like my body would get swollen just out of nowhere. Um, and I started having this high-grade fever. It was 105. Uh, I ended up in the hospital, and I had some temporary memory loss, muscle pain, and I was unable to focus. Uh, I remember I was taking class, and I needed to drop out. And after, I was just always on watch since that day, and it's just my life has changed drastically um, ever since, and just things just kept happening. <laughs> um, so I was, during that year, I was di diagnosed with severe depression, so yeah, it went up. <laughs> but you know what? God was there. In 2020, I had an abdominal surgery to remove fibroids and ovarian cysts. I had some complications. Um, they were wrapped around my fallopian tube, so I ended up having great blood loss and lots of pain. After recovering and seeing what surgery cost in the U.S. and the bills, it was, I mean, it was really hard, and I lost my job. And then two weeks after, Anderson lost his job. And it was, it, it, it came out of nowhere. I mean, we were in, in our 20s and we're like, what, what's going on? Like, these are things that I think I would tell my kids, you know, when I'm a grandma, I'd just be like, I lost my job once. <laughs> so, and, you know, I just retired and just stopped working, but that did not happen. Um, so it was really, really hard for us. And also during that same year, I was diagnosed with chronic pain with IBS chronic constipation, arthritis in the bone, fibromyalgia, sleep apnea, um, and I got COVID, and I ended up having double lungs pneumonia, and I was unable to breathe. I was in the hospital. I was on the heaviest of the heavy of the heaviest medications for depression, um, and during those wellness visits, uh, one day I remember I was like, wow, they will admit me. They think I'm suicidal. Like, when you're talking to that doctor, I was like, yeah, I'm not going home. Um, but God was there. <laughs> in February 2021, I got into a major car accident, and my car was crushed with me. I broke my collarbone. And in June, I ended up having a partial and reconstruction and a replacement knee uh, because I didn't have a kneecap. Um, and I ended up having a block clot uh, that year, and it just started traveling all the way, um, trying to reach my lungs. And after that sur surgery, the trauma really hit me. 
and I, I felt lost. Um, and in 2022, you know, every year we like the new resolution, the new year, new me. Um, and I remember me and my best friend were telling, we were talking and she was like, you know, this is going to be the year. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, it's, it's going to be it as if I governed my life. <laughs> so I truly believe that this was going to be the year. I deserve to have a great, smooth year. And I mean, I had two surgeries already. I, and I had, I was still in pain. I've taken by then, like that what felt like a hundred epidural shots um, and physical therapy. The, it became unbearable. Um, but I developed this high tolerance for pain. I still kept with it. Um, so during 2022, I started driving around and I started feeling this pain when every time I drive, but sometimes I would have to pull over because the pain was just unbearable for going from my back to my leg. Uh, and I knew that I had, I had the pain. So I did acupuncture. Um, I also, someone told me about chiropractor. Um, I met this overconfident chiropractor who said he could cure me and that I did not need a doctor's opinion. I should have really said it there. Like I just, but he could not. Um, so I had Anderson come for a visit one day and we both felt like it was not, a, this was not it. So we went and we went to see another doctor and they requested an MRI. And I knew I had degenerative disc disease and that I was getting treated for it already. And they told me that I had a large herniated disc um, and that it was not going to resolve on its own, that I did, it didn't sound that bad. I mean, the doctor was like very confident. Um, and I started losing feeling in my legs, so they gave me epidural shots more and ordered me back to therapy, and it did nothing. So after so many visits and shots, I was told that my only option was to do surgery, um, and I refused. I was like, no, absolutely, like spine surgery? No, I don't think so. Um, I could not just believe that hearing that I was to have another surgery. I mean, I've already built that, like, it's going to be the great year. Um, but up to that day of the surgery, I was told that it was going to be quick, that it was a quick surgery, in and out. Um, and I, I was young. They're like, you're young. You're gonna, it's going to be quick. And he's like, I've done any of these. <laughs> so I can tell you it's in and out. However, when they opened me up, it turned out that I had spinal tumors, uh, pressing on my nerves, and I had calcification. And making the, it made the surgery 75% more challenging. Um, and I ended up having over three different procedures done that day. Um, I was told that, I was told I had not, um, if I had not done the surgery, that I could have had not just temporary paralysis, but just permanently. Um, I became so scared, so traumatized that this past year, I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. My migraine took a whole new level. I started having inflammation in my neck and the back of my head, um, and just my eyesight was just horrible. So I went into 2023 spiritually, physically crushed. I had nothing left. I had no strength. And I thank God because his grace is sufficient for me. For his power is made perfect in weakness. I have spent the entire 2023 in pain. I said I wasn't going to cry. 
Um, I did eight months of therapy, and throughout the years, it became easy to just fake it. I, you know, I just, but the hardest part was in the pain, it was just my family. It was the way they would explain things. I was like, yeah, I will always feel like I'm responsible, you know, like, let's not be praying <laughs> enough to be having this high. Um, but they, they tried to help in their own way. They always meant, well, it's just that I never wanted to really truly tell them how I felt. And I just locked the screen. Um, but, sorry. And after 2020, I vowed that I would always go to church. I, I mean, the way that I've, I was, the only ones who knew were Anderson, God, and then understand that I truly tell how I truly feel. Like, I never, never told my mom, never told anybody. Um, but I would tell Anderson how I feel. Um, and, you know, he would just sit there very silently, sure, like, crushing, <laughs> like, the heart. <laughs> but he was always there, and God always put him to give me wisdom and say the right thing. And we, he can always pray. I can always rely on him to know he's going to pray. Um, so... I decided that 2020, I would go to church, no matter how I felt, um, it doesn't matter. I just needed to see God. I needed to just always be in church. I mean, and in 2020, God used these verses to dig me out of that hole that I was in, and I really put myself in there, but he left the 99 to find me. The verse reads, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I'm sure you know it. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flame will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 43, 1 to 2. I've had this passage for a while, but I always pushed it back because I did not want to be summoned by name. I wanted to be his. I was not summoned to go through the rivers or the fires, not the pain. You know, I've learned you cannot escape physical pain. Um, but... I did not realize how much power the pain had on me. It had consumed me every day. One night here, during worship night, and I remember Ali was here, I forced myself to come to worship night that night. I was in unbearable pain. And I remember thinking, I should be heading to the hospital. But I wanted to be there. God wanted me to be here. We were praying, and Ali asked if anyone wants to come up for prayer. Well, we know people don't like coming up for prayers. <laughs> so no one went. <laughs> and I, they asked. So I'll, I'm always ready to go for prayer. I just, I, I need it. There's no way. Like, I can't stand here because of prayer. Um, 
But that night, I was in so much pain. I was like, I just don't want to move. I wanted to come here and be silent and then just stay in the corner. <laughs> um, and, but I was crying. I kept crying and I kept praying to the Lord. I remember telling him that I needed a break to catch my breath and be normal. Just one day. <laughs> he told me that I needed to stop my illness defining and I needed to confess out. <laughs> and he, I, but there was no one in the front, I thought. I was like, okay. Then I heard Sue next to me whispering. It was like, honestly, I just keep playing it. It was a little creepy, but it was just like, <laughs> but it was just like so funny. And I, it's almost like I was in the conversation with God and then she just stepped in. <laughs> and she's like, you should go up there. It could be it. <laughs> Then she said, I'm, I looked at her because I was like, get out of my head, pretty much. Like, and she was like, I'm sorry. I just feel like God wanted me to tell you that. Um, I am not that stubborn. So I went up and knelt down. And I was just crying. And Todd asked me what I wanted prayer for. No, my whole being wanted to say, I want to be healed. But that wasn't it. I said... I want my illness to stop having power over me. I no longer want to be defined by this, by any of it. And as he was praying, I got warm and tingly. And when I came, I couldn't even move my neck. I mean, I remember that pain as if it was yesterday. And my body was just, it was the most, the worst flare up that I've had. And while he was praying, my body felt relaxed. I never had that specific pain ever again. I've had neck pain, but that spot never hurt me ever since that night. So I praise God for that. And I was reminded of Joel 2.25. God has promised to restore the years locusts has eaten. The most important thing that happened that night was I was renewed. My whole attitude shifted towards these trials. I used to gaze at my problem and get a glance at God. So I decided I would be gazing at God and glance at my problems. The pain is still there, but I know that my God, who has brought me this far, is still in control. God is aware of every single pain. He is in the details. He knows suffering. I have seen him sustaining me day by day. I know that my trials, I know that your trials, they're not without purpose. You're not random. You're not wasted. But he works all things for good. This past year, during this journey, God has been faithful. I have experienced God the most. I have read my Bible the most. I have read my devotion the most. I have praised God and prayed to God the most. I have heard God's voice the most than any other years ever since I've been a Christian. And that is, there is nothing I would have given for God. I just feel very humble to have that connection with God. I may never know why most days I can barely raise my hand. So sometimes you may see both of my hands up. I have a raise. <laughs> Not only because Haitians put their hands up all the time. <laughs> but, but because most time I can't put my hands up. So when I can, better believe it, you're going to see all of them up. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I would get pain from shower pressure. 
whatever trial we may be going through currently, I know God has good plans. So what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but giving up us for all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of the Father and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquered through him who loved us. Romans 8, 31 to 37. This new year, my prayer is for us to truly surrender it all to God. He may not heal you yet, but I am testimony that he can and will continue to sustain you through it. And for that, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank you. Father, would you help each one of us to praise you? Would you let your grace be present in our lives to sustain us? And Lord, I pray that you would continue to sustain Vanessa and Anderson. Continue to give her a sense of your nearness as she has reported to us. She has heard from you more this past year than any before. Uphold her with your righteous right hand. And Lord, we will give you praise for all of the changes that you make in our lives, whether small or big, we look to you. Our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but to trust in you. And so our lips will praise you from this time forth and forevermore. In Christ Jesus' name, amen.